Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back to the Dynasty Wonderland podcast with me, your host, the Mad Chatter, Ryan MK, and once again, by my side, the March Heron, Mr. Aaron Stewart. Thank you for joining me. Always, always good to have you. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited for part two of our little game that we're going to be playing tonight. Yes, yes, I'm excited as well. Always good to have you by my side at this Mad Tea Party. Don't forget to check out our social media. That's right. On the Twitters, at RMK Madness for me, at AARonStu09 for Mr. March Heron. So, sports slowing down in the world a little bit. You know, March Madness is over. The NBA and the NHL, as I've mentioned before, their postseasons are approaching, but we're at Meetings are be, be, becoming finalized. Baseball's long-ass season has begun. And, I mean, there was WrestleMania this weekend, which I, I don't really care. And I don't know, you know if you checked it out. But it, you can always go back and check out the bonus pod of Dynasty Wonderland, where Aaron and I do discuss our thoughts and feelings on wrestling. Did you check out any of the WrestleMania, Aaron? Nah, it's so weird. It just doesn't seem as big as it as it once did when when we were young right just it didn't i don't know like it's maybe it's because of covid like yeah it's a damper on things i just don't i just don't yeah (laughs) i just for me it's like i i considered trying to maybe get myself hyped to watch i'm like it's wrestlemania yeah you don't do wwe anymore but you know most of the characters it wouldn't hurt to turn in tune in and watch wrestlemania and i just had no motivation no desire to and even when i got on bleach report and read that a few of the matches on night one were pretty good and that's the other thing i was like oh they're doing two nights so now they're ripping off new japan like come on come on fucking wwe <laughs> but anyway so there was wrestlemania i guess but I mean, other than that, we're just kind of hanging out, waiting for the draft. And in the meantime, there's not a ton of NFL news going on. Although, a couple of things. I did see this little tidbit about uh, Kenyon Drake and what he expects from his time with the Raiders, according to John Gruden. And he's excited to be paired up with Josh Jacobs. Yes. And Gruden plans to use him all over the field, wide receiver, running back. So it, I'm just curious <laughs> because I just found it a little bit interesting because to me, this just sounds like more Gruden bullshit. <laughs> and, and I've never been a Kenyon Drake fan anyway, but is there any way that because He's probably going to be dirt cheap in drafts right now, Kenyon Drake. Is there any way this does translate to some fantasy relevancy for Kenyon Drake in, in this coming season? I can't see it, but is there something I'm missing? I mean, if Josh Jacobs gets injured, then Kenyon Drake will oh, Because yeah. the even a bad season for Josh Jacobs, he, he was getting he was getting massive volume in Las Vegas. And yeah, I, I looked at these two players and they just seem to do the same things for teams. I was like, that is disgusting. <laughs> so, you know, you, the zero RB uh, truthers out there, they're going to have plenty of Kenny Drake, I'm sure of it, or they're going to try. And, you know, us, uh, us robust RB people, we'll, 
we may draft Josh, Josh Jacobs and then take Kenyon Drake so you can't have him. But I think I agree with you. Like what John Gruden's doing is what he's always done. He's, he's going to hype up his players to the minimum. And then there's just going to be disappointments. So right now right. It's still, we're still ways away from fantasy football draft season. But I have no interest in Kenyon Drake. He's a backup. He may come in to dispel Josh Jacobs. Or worse, it becomes a time split. Ugh. Right. Yeah, I, 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 it's just gross. For me, all it, all this situation ever did, and this changes nothing, is that it just made me concerned for Josh Jacobs. And I was never big on Josh Jacobs either, but I certainly like him a lot more than Kenyon Drake, and this kind of just kills his value. But we'll see what happens. Uh, I don't know if you saw the tweet I put out about a week ago, but I put, man, all the all the Raiders are missing is drafting Najee Harris, and you have the Alabama trifecta. And I oh, yeah, I did see that. That is so great. Thanos putting on the final Infinity Stone. <laughs> oh, dude, it's so crazy you brought up Thanos because I have – just wait, wait. The outro. Thanos will make another appearance on the podcast. <laughs> uh, speaking of Thanos, but not speaking of Thanos right now. Um, so enough of Drake, but I, I did. You mentioned zero RB. Now, I'm never going to say I was in a zero RB zealot or a zero RB truther or anything like that, because I was just someone of the opinion that felt like you could win that way, because I always felt like if you draft smart, you play the waiver wire, make trades, you can win, like you can win, like the, the draft is not the end all be all people, you know? And so that's, that's the way I've always kind of approached things. So I always felt like zero RB was possible, but I, I've much more in recent years. I really like going not zero RB kind of a month. Because zero RB is kind of a bullshit statement anyway, but I kind of like going like very thin RB in the early rounds. Like I like to get, you know, maybe a running back or two early, but I really like to focus on wide receivers because I want the top wide receivers. Because it, when you're in dynasty, you're th- you got to think long term, and wide receivers are in their prime; they're relevant longer. It's just how fantasy works. So yes, I want to get those super young running backs and receivers that are in their prime because they're relevant longer. Not sure where else I was going with that, other than to because you brought, you brought up zero RB. And I was just like, ah, there was a point in time where I wouldn't say I was a zealot, but I did believe that you could win that way. I think it's harder to do now. But but yes, it's it, yeah, zero RB. Definitely no zealot, though. I promise you that. And I've come a long way. I mean, I, I used to be on the other side, but yeah, it's – it's the trends we've seen in the NFL teams. There are a few teams that actually give one running back all the workload. So mm. there, there is, there is value in finding the, the Saquon Barkley's, the Christian McCaffrey's, the guys that mm. handle all the workload. And it seems that to me, the people that still go zero RP, if they win, it's because they, it takes a lot, lot more luck, I think, with that strategy. And in my opinion, nothing right. scientific than than it is to 
to load up on running backs because receivers these days, oh man, you can get fantasy relevant receivers off the, the waiver wire. Mm-hmm. It is true. I guess for me, I just like to target those guaranteed consistent receivers and you know like despite Chris Godwin's situation he's someone I look at as long term I'll be able to count on for many years you know um you know Julio's just kind of starting to break down a little bit as we've seen as of recent but like there is opportunity for guys to go for a while I mean I mean Fitzgerald played forever Larry Fitzgerald. If, I mean, assuming he he officially retires, did he officially retire? I haven't seen any official retirement. No, it, no, we talked. It about may not that, be but... until after the draft and into training camps, but it's I see the writing on the wall there. It's, it right. seems like it's done. But yeah, but if you're talking redraft, there's no fucking way you can go see. There's no fucking way now. Dynasty again. I'm gonna target the young running backs. So if everybody's going to take Dalvin cook and Ezekiel Elliott and guys like that, who are 20, 26, 27, even 25, you're going to start taking all those top guys. I'll take some of the top receivers in their 26 to 28 range where they're sitting there in their fucking prime. And I'm going to have them for a handful of more years. I'll target those guys earlier. And then I'll sneak in and get those younger running backs keep the ones that work, dump the ones that don't, reload in the rookie draft next year, and I'm okay in a dynasty league if I don't win year one. I'm okay with that because I know the way I'm going to draft, I'm going to be pretty young. And so I'm going to be able to attack the rookie draft with higher picks and be able to continue that youth movement, at, movement add talent, and you know, you're going to be able to build up a pretty good roster. At least that's what I've been doing in the past few years. So it seems to be working out okay so far. But anyway, sorry, rambled on about zero RB. <laughs> but, it's, that's a trigger word for, for both of us here, zero RB. Right, right. Well, because I, I, I never understood the hate on it, but at the same time, the people that were just like, oh, no, that's the way to go. I'm like, no, hold on. Like, because I, I, I was very much down the middle, like, like, like it's not the greatest but you could fucking win with it <laughs> and 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 so like but i never under understood either extreme but um moving on we'll go to you you wrote a couple of pieces well we both had some pieces yeah. come out check really out busy. our work on playerprofiler.com we had a lot of stuff between the two of us come out this past week and one of the things you wrote about was sam darnold mm-hmm. now some interesting things and you can see why you you might look at Sam Darnold's case and, and how it compares in a way to Josh Rosen when he was traded for. But I do wonder from what I read, it appears as though the Panthers are planning on picking up Darnold's fifth year option. If this is true and they do, does that change anything? Because that shows a little more commitment to me if they're picking up that fifth-year option, which means they're probably definitely not going quarterback this year in the draft. And I guess what does that mean? Does that show a little more 
faith in Darnold? Yeah. So first I want to address like you are a hundred percent correct. That part of that trade was the Panthers went picked up fifth year option for people that don't uh, follow contracts with, uh, for rookies. That was part of the trade. Yes. Is like immediately after they acquired him, they, they went ahead and picked up the, the fifth year option. So you already had that factored in. Yes. Yes. Okay. And, gotcha. and the important thing is like, they plan on doing it and I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. But the, anyway, if they sorry. haven't officially, like it, it is going to, by the time the season starts, they will have it picked up um, okay. for people that are listening and uh, don't follow contracts too well. And, and like when I say fifth year option players draft in the first round of rookie drafts in the NFL draft uh, before they go into their fourth season, teams have the ability to add a fifth year to the contract. Now the, the catch is it ends up being an average of like the, some of the top players in their positions. So not all first round picks are going to have their fifth year option picked up. A good example right. of a player not being picked up was Corey Davis because mm-hmm. before this past season, he hadn't done anything, but Quarterbacks usually are going to have fifth-year options picked up. They have to be extremely bad, like Josh Rosen bad, to for them not to pick it up. And the Panthers, they did pick up the option, but that is it's it's a gamble. It's if Sam Darnold can play well this year in year four, then they have him under contract for about eighteen million dollars. That is not bad for a starting quarterback when you know quarterbacks these days are making. 35 to 40 million dollars per season and it's going to increase um the the reason i don't believe that that guarantees him like in dynasty leagues that it doesn't guarantee him any value past this season is if he's bad this year and the panthers who already had a high draft pick this year if they're even worse with Darnold at quarterback and they're in the chet situation uh in 2021 if the Panthers are now picking number two a year from now. They're absolutely going to go quarterback. And yes, that contract's fully guaranteed, but I've noticed that teams, teams aren't afraid of sunk cost anymore. Like, yes, Mm -hmm. it's not ideal to spend $18 million on a player that isn't going to be a franchise quarterback, but the Panthers ownership, the it's Tepper Tepper is their owner. Yeah. And he had been a minority owner for Pittsburgh. And he saw what having a guy like Ben Roethlisberger does for a franchise where mm-hmm. year in, year out, Pittsburgh was, if they weren't contending for Super Bowls, they were in the playoff hunt. It was rare that Pittsburgh oh, yeah. was out of the playoff hunt. And Tepper wanted to get a franchise quarterback. They wanted to trade up in the draft. I'll come back to that. But they wanted Deshaun Watson until, well, everything with Deshaun Watson. Um yeah. And they must have known something about this draft because they were they're within striking distance. They're picking at pick eight. They could have, in theory, been able to move up the draft and not cost too too much. I mean, yeah, probably a future first round pick and and a day two pick somewhere in there. Now, one of the things going against them was their division rival Atlanta Falcons owns pick four. Uh, the 49ers had already moved up for pick three. And the teams with pick one and pick two are going to go quarterback. So it's the Panthers knew something that us fans don't know. There's going to be a trade that, that occurs. Like someone is going to move ahead of the Panthers to, to grab a quarterback. And that's why they did this trade for Donald. But it's, 
if Darnold sucks this year and, you know, uh, people go, it's Adam Gase, but it's the players that, that go through their progressions and make the decisions. Um, the pod father, Matt Kelly, he mentioned that on one of his most recent podcasts. It's mm. the coaches. Yeah. I mean, coaching can help, but it's still the players making the plays or in Sam Darnold's case, the bad plays. 45 touchdowns to 39 interceptions in his three-year career. That's horrible. And if he does something like what he put up last year, where he had more interceptions and touchdowns, even if it cost him $18 million, this the ownership for Carolina, they, they're desperate to find their franchise quarterback. If Donald doesn't show that he's their guy in this upcoming season, they, they will quickly move on, just like what the Miami Dolphins did when they acquired Josh Rosen. Mm. Well, I guess my final thought on Darnold is I'm a little bit more willing than some to take a chance on him. There is a lot of excuse making for him. But for me personally, I usually try and give players a benefit of the doubt. And I do know what the pod fathers said, but I do also think that that especially for us in the analytics space, I think sometimes we forget about some of the intangible things and confidence can be a big factor. And I think it was proven when Sam Darnold started quote unquote, seeing ghosts, he had no confidence. Now, could some of the progression stuff and things like, could that pertain to confidence? Could that be, you know, there's certain quarterbacks that, never have happy feet. All of a sudden they have happy feet. You know, they were talking about Baker Mayfield, not this past season, but the season before it was promising rookie year. Some things happened year two. Why didn't he look quite as well? The old line was kind of hell all that year and Baker Mayfield developed some happy feet and that, which was corrected in year three. So there's, I just kind of wonder how much confidence, all of the things. And so I'm just willing to see what, the clean slate does for Sam Darnold because Mm -hmm. it seems like he'll have good coaching, which matters to an extent, Mm -hmm. even more important. He'll have DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, or not Curtis Samuel, sorry, Christian McCaffrey. (laughs) (laughs) I meant to go. I went the wrong damn C (laughs) CMC. And depending on what they do in the draft, so he'll have weapons. I mean, fuck, one of the best running backs in the league. So if he can't do it, then okay, he wasn't it. But I'd like to see what he can do in the new environment with the new surroundings um, because the Panthers must have some kind of belief in him. So I'd like to see how it goes this year. I'm, I'm not on either. This is not, again, where I'm right down the middle. <laughs> I'm not on the extreme that, oh, fuck, say, Sam Darnold is what he is. And I'm not on the extreme. I, because I've seen, I saw both on Twitter just earlier tonight. <laughs> like, one people like, buy Sam Darnold from me, because I have lots of shares. Somebody put something like that. <laughs> and there's another that it was another person like, make sure to buy Sam Darnold because you'll be thanking me next year. And that was actually serious about it. And I'm like, so it's both extremes. And I'm kind of like, I've only got them rostered in a couple of leagues. So I'm just going to see because 
people probably aren't going to pay anything for him right now. Okay. And I, I do feel like there's a chance. But again, I tend to try and give players the benefit of the doubt. Okay, if there's someone that I previously believed in, you know what I mean? Like Kenyon Drake's not someone I ever previously believed in. So I'm not like, well, maybe there is something to do with him going to the race. You know, no, 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 no. But with Sam Darnold, I'm like, you know, I felt like he could be something. I'd like to see what the new surroundings do. And I know, I know, first few years weren't good and good quarterbacks tend to rise above their surroundings. I get all of that. Again, I'm down the middle, but I do think there's a chance and I kind of want to see it play out. I kind of want to see it play out. And I'll say but I'm rooting for the guy. I'm, I'm yeah, yeah. definitely on the side of, I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm not going to root for the guy to fail. I want Man, him to after succeed. What I, after what I've seen from Adam Gase, and I know it's a common theme brought up, but it, this just is me as a person to other players. Having seen the Adam Gase experience play out over the NFL these past several years, I'm rooting for everybody that gets away from Adam Gase. I, I don't care if he was the reason you you that you had a bad year. I don't even care. Like, you're away from that. <laughs> like, I just can't imagine. Oh, it must have been rough. They should have known after the press conference. They should have known. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Before we get into, um, you know what? Let's save the trade talk. I was going to bring up some of my trades but let's uh, that I've done recently in Dynasty Leagues. But let's save that for the outro. Let's go ahead and focus on the draft. And let's do that by continuing with the teams from a hat. NFC version. Let's get into it, Aaron. All right, we're back, people. Time to get into Teams from a Hat, part two, the NFC version. And we're going to kick it off. I guess I guess you said you went last or first last week, so I'm going to go first this week. Is that how we're doing things? Yep. Okay, all right. First team out of the hat. Oh, the Rams. <laughs> this is fun. Okay. Let's see. They have no first round pick. I don't know. I I have they I could see them potentially at some point going wide receiver. Maybe tight end. Um other than that, I mean for the most part I'd say they're fairly set at offense. Woods, Cup, um Akers, Henderson, the asshole at tight end that everybody loves. Sorry. Everybody's like, Tyler Higby's free. I'm like, so is Gerald Everett. Damn it. Anyway. Um, so I don't know. I don't, I don't know. This is this was a tough one for me because I feel like they just they always give their first round picks away because they want players and you know, known players instead, and they're just they're I feel like. With, the, with getting Stafford, they just feel like they're ready to take another stab at the Super Bowl. So, like, what else can you do? I mean, maybe add another receiver, see if he – they really don't have – I mean, it's not going to be Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. That's not going to be their number three. So, I mean, unless it's Van Jefferson, 
Who else is on the team? There is a guy like, there is a guy, by the way, I got to look up his name real quick. <laughs> it's terrible. I just thought of him now though, but he was undrafted guy talked about last year. Um, Tristan Jackson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he made the Rams roster. Now I can't say he'll survive and make the roster this season, but that is just a, a little bit of a name to pay attention to if they don't draft a wide receiver. But unless it's going to be Van Jefferson, that's one place they could look. Um, but again, I think that they're fairly set. They need help elsewhere. And uh, because the, it feels like they're ready to make a run again. So that's my thoughts on the Rams. I don't know if you have a, a little anything to add. That was one of the teams I was hoping not to get. I've got one quick uh, tidbit here. And, and, and you talked about, like, you know, Gerald Everett's gone. Well, he vacates 600 tight end snaps. Uh, the Rams, that's very true. The Rams run a lot of two tight end uh, sets. Uh, they, they have a second-year tight end, Bryson Hopkins, basically had a redshirt season last year. Didn't play oh, yeah. much. Yeah, 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 yeah. He may see a bigger role, but with one tight end that I – that I believe fits the Gerald Everett mold is Everett's you know, he's a tad smaller. He's more of a, a move tight end than your traditional, you know, six, five, 250 pound inline uh, tight end. And it's a guy right. that you brought up when we talked about rookies, but Quentin Morris would be mm. an intriguing guy there kind of fits what they are, are losing with Gerald Everett. They mm. Gerald Everett, incredibly athletic and, and had a massive, college dominator uh, quinn morris sadly not the same athlete but like looks looks like the same type of tight end like pull up the measurables and they're they're almost identical right quinton morris name to know i was looking up because you mentioned the more move tight ends and um it made me think of earth smith because he's not as big right. a tight end either He's a small um, dude. <laughs> yeah. But still viable. I like me some Irv Smith this year. I know some people are like overrated and other people. I kind of like Irv Smith this year. But uh, particularly because they could use a number three weapon. Right. But that's another team to talk about. All right. All right. It would be great if you pulled the Minnesota Vikings out of the hat right here. I know. So that would, oh, one shit. In 15. <laughs> Did you? Oh, you pulled the Vikings. All right. <laughs> That makes for good so, podcasting right here. So. <laughs> Honestly, I pulled it up. There was one behind it, and I just let the one behind it drop because I was like, fuck it, we're doing So there was a potential <laughs> one behind it. I don't know what – but that was the one I saw anyway, so I don't even know what the hell the other team was. But, yes, so great for podcasting. That was very lucky. Vikings, go ahead, my man. All right, so let me pull up. Because I typed in Vikings and it brought me to a completely different part of my notes. But here we go. We've got the Minnesota Vikings. One of the quick NFL draft things that stands out is they've got they have two third round picks and then a remarkable four fourth round picks. They're killing it on the late day two, early day three picks. And the significance of that. Yeah. They do this all the time. <laughs> yeah. And, and the significance is they, they're lacking a second round pick, but Having six picks in the third and fourth round, if, if there's a guy that they like, a really good player that they like, they have the draft capital to move up. And they've got move 10 up. total yep. draft picks. I don't expect them to draft all those guys. Um, the 
man, they could use use a little bit of help at, at all the positions. Now, I'll, I'll emphasize when it comes to wide receiver, yes, they've got Justin Jefferson. Yes, they have Adam Thielen. Thielen's getting up there in age a little bit. And when you look at the wide receiver depth chart behind those guys, oh, there, there's it's nothing. Crap. It's crap. BC Johnson, Chad Beeb, who is strictly a slot receiver. BB. In, it, yes. And in this draft here, the third round would be a perfect spot for them to, right. to get, get a receiver that yes, I know they don't play a lot of three wide receiver sets, but teams have got to draft for the future too. And with feeling getting up there in age, who's going to be pricey. They've got Justin Jefferson now as the alpha. They have to be considering drafting a guy that can develop for a couple of years to eventually become a starter that allows them to potentially move on from Adam Thielen if his performance slips uh, looking at the depth chart as well, running back is certainly an option. Um, with Dalvin Cook, I am hesitant with Dalvin Cook in Dynasty. Running backs that that have a heavy workload, especially running backs that have been really good in fantasy for two consecutive seasons, hmm. it doesn't last long, and those running backs fall off a cliff. Do I expect a big fall in, in Dalvin Cook's performance this upcoming season? No. But Dalvin Cook has not, I repeat, has not played 16 games in a season in his Correct. career. Like, he's good when he plays. They need to keep him fresh. They do have Alexander Madison, but behind Madison, there's nothing. So they, mm-hmm. it, with all those fourth-round picks, they could certainly get a running back. Uh, a tight end, with them losing Kyle Rudolph, it's, they've got two very solid tight ends. As we talked about, Irv Smith is – I'm excited for the opportunity there because his efficiency metrics were awesome. There's a Twitter yes. thread that I put out there that talked about some of the similar metrics that he had that top producing fantasy tight ends had. So it bodes well for Irv Smith, but also Tyler Conklin is, is a sleeper tight end. Like that, mm-hmm. That's a guy that is We've going to about produce. Him before. Yes, absolutely. Conklin, he, it's not a sexy guy, but honestly, the reason they moved on from Kyle Rudolph is Tyler Conklin can Conklin. do that role. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I could see behind those two, I didn't see any notable names. So with the draft picks, with 10 draft picks, <coughs> maybe a day three, they get a developmental tight end. Tight end that kind of sits maybe is on the practice squad or at the end of the roster that they develop just like they did with Tyler Conklin. I dig it. I dig it. Although the only thing I'll add is I will say this for Thielen. I know his age is a little up there, but he spent a few years on the practice squad. Like he didn't really get, you know, he, he doesn't quite have the wear and tear that most receivers his age do because of being undrafted and spending so much time on the practice sure. squad. Cause I, that was one thing is again, as a former Viking fan, I loved Adam. I still do love Adam Thielen, but I was a huge fan of Thielen and I was just waiting, waiting for him to get his opportunity. So when he finally did a few years was exaggerating, but (laughs) you know, he he does not have the wear and tear. So I feel like he's going to be okay. And you have Justin Jefferson. Um, But I agree. I agree. They still need somebody else. And uh, I'd say it wouldn't be bad to draft a quarterback at some point. Uh, uh, Kirk Cousins was very good last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I just, 
you know, he's starting to get older. And I just feel like he, it, the whole question about can he get a team over the hump? I, I would wonder that, too. I would. At some point, you got to get a young quarterback in there because the Vikings are one of those teams that they do a lot of this, you know, band-aid quarterback shit. And it's like maybe they have like, you know, nightmares about like Christian Ponder and Teddy Bridgewater. Like Christian Ponder was a bust. Everybody loved Teddy, but he got hurt. And it's like, you know, maybe Spielman has nightmares about quarterbacks. So trade up into the second and take one Minnesota. But, you know, they'll probably just get a lot of bust offensive linemen and cornerbacks because that's what they tend to do with their draft picks. <laughs> so I just had to chime in a little bit. No, no, that, that's a good point there, too, is you're, you're right. Like, buying Cousins isn't a franchise quarterback. He can win you games. But, yeah, you're, you're correct. And if they get a chance, like, I don't, I don't know. We, we do tend to see quarterbacks slide in draft. We never know which one. But they find right. one that they scouted and they liked. Like, shoot, do everything they need to to move up. Yeah. I think they could use one. But maybe next year is more realistic for that. So, okay. Try and pick it up a little bit. Here we go. Here we go. The Washington Foreskins. I mean, the Washington football <laughs> team. Sorry. I have to say it every time. It's a, I can't help it. Okay. So, with the WFT, I feel like quarterback is obvious, but I don't think it'd be bad. And again, that we're clearly speaking because it's dynasty offensive, you know, fantasy football, offensive perspective. This isn't IDP leagues, anything like that. So, I mean, I could see wide receiver to go with Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin because I really like Logan Thomas at tight end. And it seems like they're pretty sold on Antonio Gibson. And that doesn't mean they won't draft anybody at any point in the draft. But as far as, like, they have the 19th pick. It's too late for a quarterback. I mean, that's prime wide receiver section in drafts. So, like a Rashad Bateman, I could see maybe fitting in nice there with Terry McLaurin going deep. You use Curtis Samuel in the slot and whatnot. I think that could be that something like that might fit. Um, but I don't know what the hell they're going to do at quarterback. I mean, like future. Why? <laughs> because it does seem like you, you brought up the picks earlier and it does seem like there's something going on because as we talked about on the last pod, Atlanta, Detroit, they seem both willing to move back. You know, you already had the trade with, uh, with San Francisco. So it's like, it's going to be quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. And then, and then what, like, like what is going <laughs> to like, it just feels like these quarterbacks could just go. Yeah. And so the quarterback needy teams that far back, do they reach on a lesser quarterback? I doubt it. Grab them in the second round. So, you know, obviously we're not going to be thinking about defensive players, but I, Again, I feel like they like their running back situation. Logan Thomas had a great year last year. Let's build on that. And then, 
you know, you got Curtis Samuel, who is what he is. And then you have Terry McLaurin. So maybe adding a third guy in there is not a bad idea. But that's where that's where my head's at with the Washington Force football team. Sorry, sorry. Uh, and, and I agree with you. Like, talk about wide receiver. Wow, what a difference a year makes. Like, I, I really have nothing to add. I just, like, they had McLaurin and the Sims brothers last year. And now they're going to have McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and as you mentioned, the potential to add a Rashad Bateman. Oh, man, yeah. that, that yeah. is a massive upgrade. So I'm digging that. For and Washington. who's their quarterback for this year? A little bit of Fitz magic. Right, right. This would be fantastic. But like, give Fitzpatrick some weapons, man, and it, it should be fun. It should be fun. But still, they got to figure out quarterback because it Fitz magic doesn't work forever. We know this. We know this. Good for so, a year or two. Right, right. <laughs> All right. So we move on. We move on. And Mr. Aaron, you go to the Detroit Lions. Oh, this one is going to be fun. I want to say that I had a little funny tidbit. Yeah, because my first note for the Detroit Lions was good Lord. <laughs> let's break, <laughs> let's break down the draft picks here. Detroit only has six picks. And their draft, as it currently stands, they're finished in the draft after round five. No round six, no round seven. Mm. Wide receivers, definitely the glaring issue. They've signed Tyrell Williams. They've signed Brashad Perryman. The, the receivers they've brought in are on one-year contracts. These are not the, the answer. And any receiver, I know we've heard Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle. Some people have had Jamar Chase falling to Detroit at pick seven. Please don't let that be a thing. But it's in mock drafts for the Detroit Lions. Wide receiver is very common. I am going to add that what you talked about with Detroit when you covered Washington football team is probably what's going to happen. When we look at the, at the top of the draft, the first three picks we know are quarterbacks. We know. Atlanta may trade down. Atlanta may take quarterback. Like, we know pick four is available. Pick five, Cincinnati seems pretty solid that they are they're not going to move down, and they're either going to get Jamar Chase or an offensive lineman. Miami's not going to go quarterback at pick six. If they were going to go quarterback, they would have just stayed at pick three. Um, right. So, no QB at pick, at pick five, pick six. Maybe a quarterback at pick four. Like Detroit at pick seven is either going to be the fourth quarterback or the fifth quarterback. There are plenty of teams that still need quarterbacks. Denver sitting there at pick nine. Like what's it going to take? I mean, I think they're going to want to try and move up to pick four, but if they can't work out a deal, the price moving up two spots in the first round is going to be a lot cheaper than moving up five spots to pick four. And then the new England Patriots. I know they brought Cam Newton back, but they're, where there's smoke, there's fire. And we keep hearing that right. Patriots are wanting one of these quarterbacks. So I am not going to be shocked if Detroit, if Detroit trades down. I don't believe that affects what they do. If they're still in the first round. They're going to grab a receiver. Receivers have a, a good lifespan in the NFL. So is, right. is it the receivers we're seeing in the mock drafts? I don't think so. Because if they do this trade and they move down, a lot of those receivers are going to be off the board. Maybe that's where Rashad Bateman goes. Uh, right. Other positions, tight end, they're set. TJ Hawkinson, running back, 
they've got DeAndre Swift and they've already got their backup, Jamal Williams. They could go quarterback, but I looked at the contract with Jared Goff. I don't think it makes sense to go quarterback this year. I think the plan will be they're going to try and trade down, get some, some draft picks. They're going to stick with Jared Goff this year. They're, they're committed about $30 million this season. Right. It goes bad. Oh, well. It's like they're at the point of the rebuild that's fun. The expectation of wins is very low. So wide receiver in the first round is the way it seems. And they currently have six picks. I wouldn't be surprised to see them get a whole lot more draft picks because they're going to trade down, collect future assets to help build this team. That's step one of a rebuild. And you know what? I got nothing to add because that's basically everything I had to say about the Lions. So there we go. All right. Oh, the Bears. Are we just going to knock out the whole NFC North? What <laughs> I the believe fuck so. What's going on with this? Sh- I don't know. Um, I had read something previously about quarterback. They need a fucking quarterback. Fairly certain Andy Dalton is not. <laughs> the future it's just a band-aid more band-aids by mr pace and there was something i read that said they they thought that mac jones might be there at 20 and now obviously they don't feel that way anymore so are they a possible suitor to move up for a quarterback maybe maybe uh, you gave a thumbs up, so I'll let you comment when I'm done. Other than that, man, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I, the Bears, they don't excite. Like, David Montgomery, he had a good year last year, but he doesn't excite me. I mean, I love Allen Robinson. But even he can't did super excite me. I want to see him with a quarterback. And, you know, he does his thing regardless, but... I really want to see him with the court. So it's just, I have a hard time getting excited. Cole Komet. Okay. Okay. There's, there's some that really like him, but I'm just, I don't, there's talking about trading Anthony Miller. What's what happened to Anthony? I had high hopes for Anthony Miller. So it, it feels like really they could go any fucking position to me. And, you know, Maybe they went with Andy Dalton because that was their intention was to get their quarterback in this draft. But if so, they're going to have to trade up to do it the way it's looking. So, and you gave the thumbs up. So what's that? You think that's happening? You think Mr. Pace is finally going to get something right? Maybe. Well, as much with teams as we go, why do they do dumb things? And teams do do dumb things, but as fans, it kills us because we're fans forever of these teams. And for Bears right. fans, they might be pulling out their hair because they're like, how are we going to do this? They don't really have a plethora of picks. They don't have any extra uh, day two picks. Uh, I haven't even looked at their draft picks in 2022. But it's quite clear with Brian Pace going all the way back to Brian Pace as a cockroach episode. This is the year. Like, if Chicago doesn't have a massive season this year a really good season he's out the door everyone's gone so if a guy get if a guy's on the hot seat and he's going to get fired at the end of the year if he doesn't do something big he he doesn't care about future draft picks 
So that's why the Chicago Bears are a sneaky team to, to move all the way up to pick four. I know it's a massive jump, but Brian Pesos, he's on life support. Instead of thinking the way a GM should of two, three right. years uh, uh, out, like ahead into the future, Brian Pace is having to make knee-jerk reactions. Oh, crap, we didn't get Russell Wilson. Uh, 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 sign Andy Dalton. Uh, the the other thing in the in the draft too, you mentioned wide receiver. Absolutely, just from contracts here, you have Allen Robinson's on the franchise tag. It means he's going to be a free agent again. If they try right. to tag him again, it's an even more expensive contract. It may not even be affordable for a wide receiver. Anthony Miller, but there's a lot of trade talks, and when there's this close to the draft you have to start paying attention to those. And at first, when it's far out, it's early in the off season, they talk about trade talks. It's like, that is a, just a small amount of smoke, but now we know that, that, that there's a forest fire going on and that that right. poor bear there is going to get burned if you stay. So he's, he's halfway out of Chicago. So speak Riley Ridley, their number four, I guess. Well, that guy, we knew he wasn't going to be good. Like nothing in the analytics said that he would have a shot at this. So right. really good. Look at the receiving depth chart. Darnell Mooney is the only guy that that is under contract for 2022 and beyond. So wide receiver. Absolutely. Cause mm-hmm. he, they next year may be the year that Allen Robinson's gone, but yes, desperate team is going to make a desperate move to get a quarterback. And if not, I'm so sorry, Bears fans. They're going to be right. upset no matter what. They're going to give up too much to trade up for a quarterback, the you know the fourth quarterback in the draft, or they're going to be upset because Andy Dalton's their quarterback. It's going to be miserable to be a Bears fan. Yeah, I feel them. I can feel the pain. I can feel the pain. All right, here's yours, Mr. Aaron. The Falcons. The Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons. Well, I know that we've. We've talked a lot about their draft pick. Their their very first draft pick, they have pick four. They are the draft really starts with their pick. At this point, mm. we know Trevor Lawrence is the 101. He's been the 101 since the start of last season. It's it appears that Zach Wilson is gonna be the Jets guy at pick two. Right. And if we follow everything, it it seems that Mac Jones is is gonna be the quarterback for the 49ers. Pick four goes, okay is this going to be another quarterback? Cause we could see him go quarterback. We absolutely could. Trey Lance fits perfectly there. He's comes from North Dakota state. Uh, that's a, that's a big jump. It's a big jump to go from college football to the pros. It's an even bigger jump to go from the competition. He was playing at North Dakota state to the pros. And Trey Lance profiles is this guy that may need to sit for a season. Right in order to be ready. And they have a big financial commitment to Matt Ryan. Anyways, that works. I would applaud the Falcons on this move. It's nothing on Matt Ryan. It's just when, when are the Falcons going to be picking this high? Um, you, you never know. They really should. Yeah. They really should. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, looking a little further into the draft there, they, they have – this nice sweet spot in the fifth and sixth round. I know that's late in drafts, but they've got five picks in these two rounds. And one of the positions they haven't addressed fully is running back. They did give Mike Davis mm-hmm. uh, a two-year, $6 million deal, and that's good. Mike Davis showed that he can do all the things you want a running back to do. He was right. 
decent at running. I felt as the season went along, it, he wasn't doing much on the ground, but he is very effective in the passing game. And that is exciting in an Atlanta Falcons uh, offense that tends to be playing from behind or airing it out. Now, looking at the other running backs here, the, the Falcons have a trend with running backs, and that's day three, they invest in the running back position. 2018, Ito Smith, fourth round, mm. a smaller pass catching back. Uh, the following year, they had Quadre Allison, who's a fifth round pick in 2019, a, a bigger back, a 6'2, almost 230. Uh, and Allison hasn't done much, nope. and, but it's Davis has a little bit of size, but it right. looks like they're looking more for a bruising running back. Um, a few running back names, I think, kind of fit that profile. Or uh, there's one guy that doesn't, but I'll get to him last, but uh, Ramondre Stevenson. I know there's kind of been some uh, people have been poking fun at, at his speed, but the the thing is he seems to have like a Mike Davis type skill set where it's, does he do one thing? Well, no, but he's well-rounded. Um, right. Ramondre Stevenson, it's following mock drafts he'd be around that fourth round which that's where they've been drafting running backs mm -hmm. uh another guy trey sermon i believe would be around the fourth oh, yeah. round as well sermon has decent size and you look at what he did at oklahoma and ohio state you know, the the counting stats don't really stand out uh, i try to look for some milestones like hey did he get a thousand yards rushing that's usually well, a very basic milestone he, i he right. didn't accomplish that but he was involved in the passing game, especially with Ohio State. So he has this well-rounded skill set that Atlanta tries to tries to target. But the the third guy, not a bigger bruising running back, but this third guy is the most intriguing one, and that's Kenny Gainwell, who player profiler, his best comparable player is Edo Smith. And Gainwell. Oh, Gainwell coming from Memphis, going to Atlanta and playing in an offense like that. That will be exciting. Gainwell is a dangerous weapon in, in the passing game there. Um, don't want to run him yeah. between the tackles, but like he's, he's big enough to be okay. But the, the fifth and sixth round, too, if they end up getting these running backs that aren't going to quite fall to the fifth and sixth rounds, like they can use their fifth and sixth round picks to shore up the other receiving options because outside their starting trio of receivers of Julio, Calvin Ridley, and Russell Gage, there's a lot of unproven talent. That's that is an easy depth chart to claim the number four receiver role. And mm -hmm. at tight end, they have Hayden Hurst, but behind him, nothing. And I'm not. They're not even picking up his option. Yeah. They, they, they still had the option on that because of the trade. That's good knowledge. I, I, I wasn't even it. aware of that. And yeah, and yeah Hurst, it. I remember there was a lot of hype for Hurst, but it, there's the production was if you drafted him where he was going to drafts, you were very sad. There was, I remember him being bumped up to, you know, being that tight end, what, like tight end seven, tight end eight. Because he was in the Atlanta Falcons offense. And yes, that offense is exciting, but Hurst showed that he's a solid tight end at best, but he's right. he's not the answer. So certainly no. see some of these exciting tight ends too. Um, maybe a hunter long go there. Oh, 
after that trade, I was like, this is not Austin Hooper. Yeah. If you expect Austin Hooper, <laughs> you are you are wrong. Sorry. Yeah. And it worked out that way. I didn't expect him to put up numbers like Austin Hooper because he's not Austin Hooper. Right. Not that Austin Hooper is amazing, but he's just not as talented as Austin Hooper, was my opinion. Absolutely. Now, uh, did you have anything else? Oh, no. I think I covered it all for the Falcons. I have no yeah, more notes you, on them. You covered everything I had because all I had written down was they need everything. <laughs> and then I was going to talk about the whole trade and all of that and how, yes, they really should there. just take a fucking quarterback at four. But I agree with you on that. So, next. The Cardinals for me. Okay. So, I guess – it, first of all, 16 is kind of a weird spot. That's also, to me, like wide receiver territory. And, you know, of course, they could go defense, offensive. They could do a new, numerous amounts of things. But when I'm looking at it, I'm just thinking one thing. Do not draft a wide receiver. You have enough. There is enough. I think I did this with the team last week. But do not draft a wide receiver now i'd like to say maybe they need to go after a tar a tight end i know i i like dan arnold too but maybe they need something spicier i don't know what if i may because dan arnold's not there anymore he left oh that's right so who do they have there they have nobody there do they really so that would be the biggest one where did Dan turn where did he go carolina Oh, and and I was already like poor Ian Thomas <laughs> before hearing that. You're right. Damn it. I okay. Damn. Now I sound like an idiot, but that's okay. So that was a small. They definitely sign. need a tight end. But yeah, I really thought he was still there for some reason. So they definitely need a tight end. But running back is the biggest question because that's what I'm most focused on. Kingsbury came out and said he believes Edmonds could be a three down back. So do they give him the opportunity or do they draft somebody? If not in the first round, second, third round, because there were some things to like about Eno Benjamin, but for whatever reason, he, he got drafted super late and he didn't do a damn thing last year. So I, I don't, I don't know. I at some point you're gonna have to, unless they feel like Eno can come in and do something, they're gonna have to draft running back too. So it it's it, it's almost one of those where if you're into Chase Edmonds, you're hoping they don't draft one too high. <laughs> if you don't give a shit about Chase Edmonds, you're like, get a running back in there that'll give me some fantasy points in that offense. So We'll see how it works out. But uh, at 16, again, I, it's hard to say. They, they might not even go like a skill. That's definitely like wide receiver area, but they better fucking not. Better fucking not. Do you have anything to add on the Cardinals? The Cardinals are a team I was really hoping I'd get because I got some good stuff for you here. <laughs> so 
I want to start off. With- oh, wait, wait, wait. I did have one thing. I did have one gotcha. thing. So I missed my bottom thing. If they're going to, sorry, this was my main point. I didn't even see it because it was almost crossed out with the Ram stuff. Anyway, if they do go running back, I would say, and they want to go high, I, I do think a nice fit there, if they could get him in the second round or whenever he happens to. Travis Etienne, I think, could be interesting in the Arizona offense. But that was the last thing I had. If they, I, I would kind of like to see Edmonds get a chance, personally. But if they draft somebody high, Chase Edmonds is probably going to be the backup. So we'll see what happens. But I do think ATN would be a good fit there. Now, now, continue. Continue, good sir. Well, and I'll start. I'm with you with Chase Edmonds. I want to see this guy get opportunity because when he has, mm-hmm. and I know it's very, very small sample size, he's been extremely good in fantasy. Right. Here's the draft capital real quick. There's one notable thing. They have zero third round picks. They have zero fourth round picks. Third round pick, they actually traded to acquire a center. The uh, the guy from the Raiders, Ronnie Hudson. There we go, Ronnie Hudson. So it's notable, no third or fourth round picks because they're not going to go running back first round. Right. They do right. have their second round pick and they could go running back there. If they don't, I know Chase Edmond fans, they'll be doing backflips. I'm here to pump the brakes for one reason. <clears throat> and I'm rooting for Chase Edmonds. But I did some searching on the Arizona Cardinals team here. Something that we don't do a whole lot of. I looked at the coaching staff. Their running back coach is a guy by the name James Saxon. He has been around for a long time. Mm. There's Two notable places that, that he coached at. I'll start with the lesser of two evils here. He was in Minnesota way back in 2011 to 2013. So the vagabond, Adrian Peterson, may very well come to Arizona to join his former running backs coach. And we know what Adrian Peterson does, what he's been doing the last three or four years. He goes to these situations and ruins people's opportunity. <sighs> but... The next one could be even worse, and it's a more recent coaching position. Before he joined Arizona, from 2014 to 2018, he was the running backs coach in Pittsburgh with the Steelers. James Conner. No, no. Maybe even worse for for Evans, Le'Veon Bell, who was in Pittsburgh 2013 to 2018. So the entire – like Bell's entire – fantasy oh man and and we know with these running backs and that's why i'm pumping the brakes on any running back that's holding a starting running back job you can get through the rookie draft that's going to be fine the nfl draft but we have all these notable names james connor as you mentioned Le'Veon bell that i've brought up uh i don't know how much more todd Gurley has but even duke johnson you talked about eno benjamin eno benjamin's best comparable player on player profiler is Duke Johnson. Why not just bring in Duke Johnson? It's that's the worries I have with the Arizona Cardinals is they have Chase Edmonds, but there's all these running backs and I don't think they'll address it in the draft. The the draft picks just don't seem to work out to where they're, I don't see him getting a Najee Harris. I don't see him getting a Travis Etienne or Javante Williams. That's not what worries me. It's after the draft 
we we've been seeing this in the last few years where there's the running backs wait till after the draft because they know they got to go somewhere. They're actually going to get carries and that's when they sign. So that's, that's going to be the difficult thing for chase Edmond fans. They're going to have to keep those butt cheeks clenched even after the draft. Well, all I would say to that, I guess, is that if they do sign a Todd Gurley, a Le'Veon Bell, a James Connor instead of drafting somebody and Chase Edmonds can't earn the starter reps, then I guess he's not what we thought anyway. That would be my assessment of that. Um, So I definitely get what you're saying, but like they bring in Le'Veon Bell, like that better be depth. That better be depth. Because if, if, if he starts eating into Chase Edmonds' workload, what is that? I would think if it's between Chase Edmonds and Le'Veon Bell, Chase Edmonds is going to blow him out the water. But I don't know. But I don't know. I, it's like what we had with Duke Johnson all these years. It, it stinks because we always we have these thoughts of give Duke Johnson the ball, give him a full workload, see what he could do, and for whatever reason, and we may never know. Uh, teams just don't seem to think that way. So it's, right. it's, it's what makes it's me nervous with Chase Evans. I, I drafted him in rookie draft way back when he came in and was great as my league mates knew nothing about him. I was so excited about the, the profile, but I traded him this past off season because it's, he's had three years in, in the league and some of that's been a bit of misfortune where he's gotten hurt at like the worst times when he finally has a chance. We'll see. Like, honestly, I want to be completely wrong about everything I said about Le'Veon Bell and the connection there. Like if Chase Edmonds goes out and has the, a big season like that, and I have to eat crow on that, I, I will happily eat crow on that. Heard. Well, I only have him rostered in one league. And I'll say this. I'm starting to feel like if they don't draft anybody, <laughs> maybe I should sell them at that point because yes. people might be very willing to pay a pretty penny for him uh, Absolutely. Uh, around then. I so, like where your mind's but, at on that one. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. All right. One more, and then we're going to get to our quick break. We'll be halfway through, and we end the first part with the Eagles. The Eagles. Okay. <laughs> you give Have the fun. Cowboys fan the Philadelphia Eagles to do's. <laughs> but that's all right. So, well, you know how I start start my uh, my analysis here? I like looking at just the draft capital. In Philadelphia, they're sitting here. They actually have 11 draft picks in total, including two third-rounders. So, day one, day two, they're going to be making four selections. And they're all over the place with multiple selections, which is good. Now, five of those 11 picks around six, around seven. Um, I looked at this roster, this pitiful roster. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Jalen hurts. There's, there's two starting caliber receivers there and grouping tight ends in this. So of course that means I'm talking about Dallas Goddard and Jalen Rager Mm -hmm. outside of those two. It's garbage. Travis Fulgham was, he was a false prophet. <laughs> a lot of people, we, we fell for it. We thought that they had found a diamond in the rough. Fortunately, 
I thought I did. Yeah. His profile's incredible. You look at his profile. It's awesome. And I wrote on him. I, I wrote on him last off season, I think as someone who could take a step forward with the lions and then he got cut by the lions and then he popped up in Philadelphia and you were looking pretty smart at that point. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, well, this is great. (laughs) Cause I had him in a handful of dynasty leagues and I'm like, this is fantastic. And so, yes, yes. Travis Fulgham. I see what you mean there. They do have Greg Ward who's been okay, but you're right. They, they Greg don't Ward really is a replaceable have... slot receiver. He does yes. the bare minimum, but I, I get it. Like they, they have a slot receiver. Now, looking at the draft capital that that they had, because they they were involved. It was the interesting thing was they traded down from pick six to pick twelve in the midst of all the the trading with the Dolphins, the 49ers. So it makes me question if they're going to go receiver in the first round or, or I, I should clarify Jamar chase was a very popular player mocked to the Eagles before they traded mm. down. And it makes me wonder if they are, they have bad history on their side or history going against them when it comes to evaluating receivers, maybe, Maybe they right. had Devontae Smith above Jamar Chase. So it's probably a good thing that they at least traded down uh, on that. But I, I kind of have this feeling that they're not going to go receiver in the first round. But second round, I think I think they're going to go receiver. And one of the players that's, that's shooting up um, at least dynasty rankings is Terrace Marshall. Uh, oh, we really don't talk enough about this guy. But Oh, man. In a in a year where there is really talented, like yeah, like the, this this guy has like what we look for. Like he's got the measurables. He's six two two oh five. He tested extremely well, which is something that seemed to be that that all these players were immune to, like testing well. It was like running away from it. Uh, I it was strange to to have players that were coming in. They were even measured wrong like they'd be two inches shorter but Terrace Marshall right. at least looks like he profiles as a receiver that could be the alpha because Jalen Rager I think is still solid but Rager mm-hmm. doesn't have what you would that prototypical size that you want at the wide receiver position so right. at least with Marshall he could be that outside like X receiver uh with them being as bad as they were this past season, like they'd be picking early in the second round. That seems to be the spot that Terrace Marshall's going, but who knows after his pro day testing and everything, I Mm. could easily see him sneak into the late first round. But if he happens to slip uh, into the second round, Eagles got to pounce on this. And and it makes more sense to use the first round pick to, to improve that offensive line. That was piss poor to say the least, or, the secondary, which was a glaring weakness as well. So Terrace Marshall is a guy they need. They need a guy that looks at least like Terrace Marshall that, or looks like Travis Fulgham, but can actually right. be good for an entire season and not just a stretch. I don't know what the hell happened. I don't know, but you're right. Totally, mm-hmm. totally agree. It's a great spot. I've got some spots coming up 
where I think Terrace Marshall would also be great because they he's 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 not only climbing up the ranks in Dynasty, but he's climbing up the ranks in my heart as well. So we will continue to talk about him and the rest of the NFC teams when we get back. Okay, and we're back. As always, finish this bad boy up with empty bladders. It's always nice. It's always nice to get that taken care of. So we're back. We go from the hat again. Is it my turn? My turn? Yep, your turn. The Green Bay Packers. I, I'm really going to keep this really short and sweet. Get a fucking wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers, get a word receiver for Aaron Rodgers. They have the 29th pick in the first round. This is a perfect spot to take a wide receiver. Oh, like a one Terrace Marshall, perhaps. Or a one Rondale Moore. I think both would be fun on the Green Bay Packers. And so this is what I feel like they should do. This is what I hope they do. Because I would just like to see, and it's crazy. It's crazy to me as someone who rooted for the Vikings for a very long time and was just always cursing Aaron Rodgers that as I've gotten older and matured and become less attached to the Vikings that I have seen that I, I must must cherish the greatness of Aaron Rodgers. And he's, his greatness is, is, is almost run out. And we must see him get to the top of the mountain one more time yet. One more time. So give him another fucking wide receiver. That's all I got. That, that's all I got. That's all I got. I've only got one, one thing to add to that wide receiver talk that, that you have is looking at the contracts and you group Robert Tanyan with this. Devontae Adams and all the scrubs they've got there as well. Okay, Alan Lazard is is okay. Equinemius I still like St. Brown. MBS better than Alan Lazard personally. Yeah. And I don't even know why I said Equinemius St. Brown before Marquez Valdez Scantling. But so <laughs> the, the top four receivers as of this moment, I think St. Brown is their number four, along with Robert Tonyan, right? So like when you think of the Packers receivers, those five guys are probably the first five guys you think of mm. they're all free agents at the end of this year like they, they have got to draft someone and they've got plenty of draft picks they got 10 draft picks yeah. like if they don't draft a wide receiver whatever their plan is i know they've been going to making deep playoff runs and everything right. um, you'll be like you can't go back to back drafts and not address the wide receiver position when you've had some great great wide receiver prospects to select so yes i'm with yes. you and and, and i guess i should <laughs> right and i should narrow that down because i know they have picks and i do believe they will take a receiver but i specifically want them to take a receiver and and i know this is kind of weird draft class but i feel like 29 is perfect yeah. to get a guy like terrace marshall run down I, I really feel like that's a great spot where they're at to grab a receiver so we'll see what they do 
But yes, I would expect at some point they fucking grab one. If they not, better. oh my, <laughs> yeah, holy shit. That's just, we'll just move on to the next team. All right. The Panthers, the Panthers. Okay. All yeah, right. Panthers. New quarterback, Darnold. All right. What do you got to say about the Panthers, Mr. Mr. Aaron? So coming in with just with traffic, draft capital, they've got seven picks. None in round seven. They've got uh, two in the sixth round. Um, they traded a little bit of draft capital in this draft for Sam Darnold. And then most of the draft capital they gave up is the following year. Right. So they're good at quarterback because I I actually believe they're going to keep Bridgewater. Like okay. they're unless they get an amazing deal to, to trade Teddy Bridgewater, it it reminds me a little bit of the Sam Bradford with the Vikings, where when they had Sam Bradford and Case Keenum, and it's like, well, they've got okay. two okay quarterbacks, but like if whoever doesn't win the starting quarterback job, what are you going to do with the other guy? And, right. I don't know if they'll get the same trade. It seems that teams have smartened up a little bit about not paying first rounders for random quarterbacks, but right. I digress. the quarterback they're they've already addressed. One of the intriguing positions to address is backup running back. I do believe that CMC is going to be yeah. fine. I know he had a plethora of injuries last year, but none seem to be the kind that would concern fantasy football and dynasty football Right. managers now the backup running back right now i don't even know if they've actually decided who the backup is if i was to make an educated guess they had a rookie running back last year by the name of ronnie smith that came out of the college of minnesota that was starting to get a little bit of run towards the end of the season and yeah. was he didn't blow you away but he showed that he could do a little bit of everything. That's like, okay, that's the Panthers coaching staff, their offense coordinator, Joe Brady's actually been on record of saying like the thing they're looking for with running backs, like some coaches want roles for running backs. Hey, James White, he's our pass catching running back. Um, I know it's a, it's an oldie, but like LeGarrette Blunt, that's our goal line power back. Uh, but Joe Brady want, he wants running backs that can do, it all. So when a Christian McCaffrey gets hurt and comes out of the game or has to miss time, if they're not having to scrap their entire offense and, and throw things out. So that's how a Mike Makes Davis sense. succeeded there. So backup running back role, it's a, it's a pretty important one. Um, some of the rookie running backs kind of caught my attention because I don't believe they're going to go. They're not going to go day one, but they're right. I don't believe they'll go day two either. So I'm kind of looking more fourth, fifth rounds. This first name is unlikely to be there, but if he is, they definitely got to smash it on this one. And why not keep a North Carolina guy in Carolina? He drafted Michael Carter, who didn't quite profile as, as well as we would have liked. It's, it seems that Michael Carter is going to fit kind of the, Oh, maybe the Duke Johnson type role. His best comparable right. player is actually Devontae Freeman. And if okay, and people listening to the podcast may they may have forgotten that when Freeman first came in, he was he was splitting time, splitting time with Tevin Coleman. So right. Michael Carter being like a guy that can split time with CMC, that's not that's not bad. And they may even utilize CMC in the slot um, if they get a guy like Carter that can 
they, they can do a little bit of everything. Um, two other names uh, that stood out to me that I absolutely believe will be available in the fourth round, maybe even the fifth round, is Khalil Herbert from, from Virginia and Kylan Hill mm. from Texas A&M. The more I look into these guys, the more I'm starting to like them more. Um, that may be because this class, this running back class, is just trash. But these right. guys are at least interesting, especially when you start thinking of NFL fits. It's like, as a backup running back, I don't hate them. Um, and if they don't address running back in, in the draft, the the intriguing guy on the roster is Reggie Bonifon, who oh, yeah. in, in Louisville, he, he did it all. I want to say he was quarterback, running back, and receiver. On sleeper, he actually has running back and wide receiver uh, eligibility. And oh, nice. the reason we forgot about him is he got hurt last year, but he only played like one game, and it was very, very small sample size, but it was like, wow, like he – the analytics looked looked good there. And if you're in a dynasty league, you can absolutely go pick him up right now. And if you own mm -hmm. CMC, you absolutely should be picking up Reggie Bonifant. If you now, don't already have him, you should. Now, the other thing I see him potentially doing is they had a massive loss in the free agency, and that was they lost Curtis Samuel. <clears throat> and they did sign David Moore. And, and Moore's been you – know, props to him for what he's done in his career – because as right. a seventh round right. pick to make it to getting a second contract. Awesome. But he isn't the same type of receiver as Curtis Samuel, but there's actually a rookie receiver whose best comparable player is Curtis Samuel. And that's Anthony Schwartz. So hmm. if they feel like they have to replace that role and Curtis Samuel played a very unique role that not a lot of receivers can, Anthony Schwartz may be on their board. I like that call a lot. I like it a lot. And I think, as you mentioned, they're not going to worry about quarterback. What do you think they do at eight? Offensive line? I think so. That seems to be a pretty glaring uh, hole on the team, especially if we talked earlier about the Sam Darnold trade. It's like if they, they have invested in him, and what they need to do is they need – they need to be certain if he's not the guy, then they need to make sure that it's like, okay, we give you an offensive line. We give you receivers. We give you CMC. You have Joe Brady and Matt rule calling right. plays here. You know, it's, they need to make sure there's no other thing that can be pointed at. If Darnold fails at that point, then they have to go, this is clearly not our guy. Right. I agree. I concur. Okay. I got your Cowboys. There you go. Good. I don't want them. <laughs> All right. So, this one's tough. Because I feel like offensively, they're pretty loaded. Because there's wide receivers there. Now, we'll see if they truly hang on to Gallup. But they have wide receivers there. They have Zeke, and then they have Tony Pollard, who I like a lot still. You got Dak. Maybe the one area they could use somebody, or use, yeah, use somebody, is tight end. And Jury seems to really like him some Kyle Pitts. So is that where we see Kyle Pitts go? At 10 to the Cowboys. I mean, 
It's possible. Not that that's the only area they need improvement on the team. But again, once again, from a fantasy perspective, looking at this, really the biggest hole would be tight end. And if Jura loves him some Kyle Pitts, I think that could be where we see it happen. Because as far as I know, if Jerry wants, Jerry gets. So that's kind of where I look at it. And you know what? I wouldn't hate that. I wouldn't hate that. Fantasy-wise, I mean, you got to look at the whole, whole situation. That's a lot of mouths to feed. Football-wise, I mean, for the Cowboys, that'd be pretty legit. I mean, Dak would be loaded with fucking weapons. I mean, Jesus. But – I digress. Uh, other than that, I do see them if they ever plan to, because they do, you do got to look again, trying to think like my buddy, the March Heron, like contracts. Eventually, there's going to be no more Amari Cooper. Who knows what they do if they even entire. So maybe wide receiver is something to attack, potentially running back. Although there are a couple of guys. Rico, I always forget. I always want to freak up his last name. Do you know who I'm speaking of on the Cowboys? Uh, back up running back. back, Rico Dowdle. Dowdle. Yeah. I always want to say Dwiddle. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Dwiddle. It's Dowdle. Okay. So Rico Dowdle, he's got a little bit of an interesting profile. And then there was another guy that they had they had drafted. I don't know if he still maintain he might have been on the practice squad i think still but so they've got a couple of guys but you could see later on i'm not sure how exactly how many picks they have but you know they're gonna have to continue to bulk up the offensive line to protect yes. Dak. um you know and that defense still needs work. so i mean they, they, they've got things they need to address but speaking offensively and just what I read on Jerry Jones liking Kyle Pitts I was like oh shit could we see Kyle Pitts go 10 at the Cowboys or to the Cowboys so uh, do you have anything to respond to just uh, with the Kyle Pitts just to add to it of the absurdity of it is it's not just that that the Cowboys are in the mix for Kyle Pitts is that Jerry Jones wants to trade up to pick four to take Kyle Pitts. That's why you <laughs> saw me do, do a face palm because it's, it's nothing against the player with Kyle. I Pitts. didn't see that part, <laughs> but, but the, you know, the Cowboys took Ezekiel Elliott at fourth overall in the draft. And sometimes it's hard to, when you have conversations with more casual football fans and to, to when you tell them Zeke was a bad pick and they go, but he's been great all this time. It's like, yes, but I mean, running backs, you don't need to draft in the first round. Uh, right. you, you don't need to pay them. And yes. So that's, that's the thing that, that makes me go, Oh no, Cowboys. Cause they they've got plenty of draft capital They're They've got 10 picks. They've got a pick in, in each of the rounds. So they're, mm. they're spread all over the draft board there, but yeah, the the I'm glad you mentioned wide receiver as well because Gallup's going to be a free agent and Amari Cooper's contract is kind of it's a weird one like it's almost a year to year contract so especially right. with Dak Prescott getting paid and all these other guys are going to have to get paid 
Uh, Cowboys don't have a lot of salary cap space next season. And so Cooper can be gone as soon as next season. So you start looking ahead like, yeah, you got two thirds and two fourth round picks. Perfect place to draft a receiver. That's where they got Gallup was in the third round. So draft right. another receiver in the third round, coach him up, get him ready to, to eventually take over because I don't think they can keep Gallup and they may not be able to keep Cooper either. No, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to get C.D. Lamb. There was an interesting conversation on <clears throat> Twitter a few days ago, and, and, and I was baffled by how many people just love Amari Cooper. And not that he hasn't been great, but I'm just looking at it like, like you. I'm just like, man, he's not going to be there that much longer. <laughs> like – like uh and especially after what they paid Dak and like even if they do keep Gallup somehow if they basically essentially trade Gallup for for Cooper even if they did that CD Lamb is still going to end up the guy there and forget that transition is going to start before Cooper's actual exit so they like I just I I, I don't get it and I know with Justin Jefferson having the amazing season that, that he had um, and with the Prescott injury, we've, we've forgotten how good CD lamb's rookie season was. And, and right. at, even at the end of the season, like you could pull up Amari Cooper's uh, advanced stats and compare it to CD lamb, you do side by side and you know, where it, like you cover, like you, you refer to him as player a and player B and I guarantee <laughs> I could put a poll out there and I could go, which player do you want player a or player B and vast majority are going to have CD Lamb. It's it's crazy that he's already this good compared. And Cooper's been a very good NFL receiver that's been yeah, in the league yeah. for what seems like a decade. But it's the CD Lamb that he has a massive ceiling. I yeah, if you don't have him in dynasty, I usually want value in trades. But mm. when there's really good players and players that haven't that have shown those signs of their ceiling, but they haven't put it together enough to where their price is outrageous. Like I'm willing to overpay. I'm willing to put an offer to a person where they go, hot damn, that's, that's a lot of value. I've got to take that. That's my goal in trade talks is to make it to where that owner cannot say no to my trade offer. Right. Honestly, I got, I traded Michael Thomas and Leonard Fournette last year for CD lamb Brian Edwards, Rashad Penny, and like a, a third, maybe. I can't remember what pick it was. I really like it. <laughs> Just yeah, I I realized Rashad Penny that may be worthless, but to get and I, I like Brian Edwards, but I was like, in all honesty, I do. I mean, I was going to get proper value, but in all honesty, I was like. I'd, I'd give him Thomas and Fournette just for CD Lamb. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But so, like, I was stoked to get him. So, like, I, they, yes, there are certain players where I'm like, I, I'm going to try and do what I can to acquire them. Just like there's certain players I, I'm going to try and do what I can to get rid of. And I'll get to that when we talk trade stuff. But uh, yes, anything else on the Cowboys, Mr. Cowboy Man? I think I'm through crying about them. <laughs> Right. Okay. Well, then we'll move on. Let's get you distracted. 
Ah, the Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks. Look at that. Yes. Like we were just talking about, which is good because like I this this is a fun team to talk about with the draft because the number one thing that we have to address is of course they don't have a first round pick. I think uh and that is something most fans know that is because of the Jabal Adams trade. Uh, mm. The thing that fans may not know is that they have the fewest amount of draft picks amongst all the NFL teams. They have three One, draft picks. Two, three. And that is the next lowest team has six picks. Uh, so uh, that just shows you what little draft capital the Seahawks have. And part yeah, of the picks they're missing is they don't have a first and they don't have a third round pick. So in days one and two combined where, and the reason I'll mention day one and day two of draft picks is the first three rounds. That's usually your most fantasy relevant players. There may be Correct. some guys in day three that do something, but a vast majority of them are going to be top two uh, days of the draft. So they just have a second round pick. What that means is if you own Seahawks players right now, you're good. And I know in a previous podcast, we talked about Rashad Penny. I was like, hey, it's kind of missed that window. But you know what? I hadn't taken into account the amount of draft picks. There is still an extended window for Rashad Penny because unless they use the second round pick on a running back, and that would just be mind-numbing, uh, they, they, they can't. <laughs> they, right, right. They, they have the ability to draft whoever they want, but they shouldn't, and they can't draft a running back. So Rashad Penny still gets to live for another year. He's still on life support. Um, some of my notes is really not like who they can get in the draft. There's not enough draft picks on that, but it's mainly going. We, we know that they lost David Moore. So mm. uh, a player that is interesting just because he's going to have opportunity is that next receiver on that depth chart, which is Freddie Swain, second-year receiver. Yes. I was hoping and, you'd say his and, name. And Freddie Swain, actually, there were some games where David Moore good, and Freddie man. Swain, they, they were basically in a timeshare with, with the number three receiving role. And there were some games that Freddie Swain actually outproduced David Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, it was quite impressive for a guy drafted, I want to say he was sixth round of last year's draft. I believe so. And, you know, as a rookie, you don't get to practice at, at all. Um, because of COVID and everything. So any, yep. any rookie that produced at all, I, I became interested in. Freddie Swain has opportunity. The yep. Seahawks, I, I talked about it with my second article when they extended Tyler Lockett. A lot of people go, why did they extend Lockett? One of the benefits of that was they were able to take the, the cap hit that Lockett had for this season, which was a decent amount of money. And they were able to lower the cap hit. What a cap hit is, is how much money a player counts for the the salary cap. Because teams only care about the salary cap. They have to manage that, budget it. Mm. So um, even with the extension of Tyler Lockett, they have about seven to eight million dollars in cap room, which is basically enough to sign your rookie class. And they have a lot of offseason roster spots to fill. So they're not going to be bringing in any big names. So with three draft picks, right. we've got good odds there that they're not going to be bring in a big player. And some people have gone Antonio Brown. Like uh, that would be great if he could be the number three receiver, but how are they going to clear more cap space? Um, right. Any rookie that you, any rookie from 2020 that's on the Seahawks that you own, is in a good spot because of the lack of draft capital. And one of the most forgotten guys was Colby Parkinson, tight end 
that came out of Stanford. That one of the things that stands out with him is he's six seven. Like he's a massive dude, and, right. and he is despite his height, uh, he had a pretty skinny frame. I want to say he's like two forty, and and so um, people that are familiar with what Donald Parham did with the Chargers, where he was just this really, really tall receiver. That's basically Colby Parkinson. You're, you're not mm. putting him in to block. And for fantasy purposes, that's okay with tight ends. If he can't block, that means if he's on the field, he's there to catch passes. And he was redshirted last year. Not a lot of opportunities. I know they brought in Gerald Everett, but the Seahawks do tend to utilize multiple tight ends. There's, there's a chance um, for opportunity there. He was drafted fourth round last year's rookie draft. So for Colby Parkinson, I'm sure you could actually find him on your waiver wire um, across all leagues. Parkinson, he's interesting. He has a decent profile. And even at running back, if you had DJ Dallas, Dallas was strange yeah. last year. Like he had one pretty good game and then they stopped utilizing him. Right. And, and you look on player profiler and, and the advanced stats, it was like, this guy was, was good. Like the, I, I, I'm baffled at why they stopped utilizing him almost completely, but that, that's a, that's a player that's, that's, I don't believe they're going to address the running back position. He was drafted fourth round at the NFL draft last year. So draft capital there, I don't see him bringing in more competition. I don't, I can't explain what happened last year why he stopped playing but that one game that that he got some opportunity got some run it's pretty good and he's gonna be dirt cheap because right people pull up the depth chart and they're like he's third fourth maybe fifth on the depth chart i like it i like it man all i had was uh, three picks they'll probably <laughs> go defense with the first two and then a yeah. running back in the third with the third pick because Pete Carroll likes yeah that, that <laughs> so very good analysis my friend I'll take this next one who do we get the Giants <clears throat> closing out the NFC East <sighs> well in the first round they've got the 11th pick so defense still needs some work they still got a lot of holes I can't say where they'll go at 11, but I do feel like Danny Dimes seems to be safe. We get another year to see what he has to do. I've actually talked about him. I like Danny Dimes this year. I want to see what he does. He has rushing upside. I want to continue to see what goes on there. So he's got plenty of weapons at receiver now because they've done added Kenny Galladay, John Ross, they already had Sterling Shepard, who probably won't be with the team much longer. But then you got Darius Slayton. So plenty of weapons at receiver. Evan Engram, Kyle Rudolph. Where could they go offensively? Well, like you talked about with Christian McCaffrey, I do believe it's about time they go after someone behind Saquon Barkley because last year was fucking pathetic. That was fucking pathetic what they put out there for a run game last year so that would be my suggestion and i don't have any guys in particular but 
I mean, because the guys I really like, I don't want to go see them go somewhere and be backups. But I do feel like later on in the draft, they need to try and grab one of these guys. And some of the names you did mention, now they've completely spaced me, but I that you mentioned previously, I really do like. Uh, Michael Carter was the one I really liked for for Carolina, but there was a couple other you mentioned. I mean, getting someone like that to put behind Barkley just so they have something because last year was just terrible. And you and I'd like to think if that were to happen again, they'd be a little better set up. And Danny Dimes has more weapons offensively with Kenny Galladay and all of that. But there's got to be that answer behind, like, you just can't roll like they did last year. I mean, the Panthers, like you mentioned, Mike Davis, great job. Giants had nothing even close to that. They ended up signing fucking Devontae, the, the previously mentioned and washed up Devonta Freeman. So go ahead. If you have anything else to add to the convo with the Giants. Uh, Hill was the guy I was thinking of. I was going to say, there's only one, like, and, and this is, bold but my bold prediction with the Giants during the draft is they are going to trade Evan Ingram I feel like the writing's there they went and gave a decent amount of money to Kyle Rudolph they they went and paid Kenny Galladay in a different position but Evan Ingram was kind of the de facto number one and and Evan Ingram played through a Liz Frank injury but even before he suffered the Liz Frank injury there, there was trade – there's been trade murmurings for over a year now. And at some point, it's, it's going to happen. And it, and I know his – I want to say his fifth-year option was picked up. And I I admittedly have to look at how does that – how does that affect, like, trades and stuff. But even if, even if it affects the giant salary cap, even if it's fully guaranteed, the trend we're seeing in recent seasons, teams aren't as stubborn when it comes to sunk costs. A lot of people try to get the value, get the bang for their buck. But NFL teams have gotten better at going, okay, we just have to eat the money and make a move to make us a better team. So mm-hmm. that's all I got. Like I had in red was that's we know veteran players get get moved. And it's it would be more day two, maybe even day three there, just with durability concerns. But I right. see the Giants moves and I go, they're getting ready to move Evan Ingram. I could see it. It's funny because I also have an interesting trade uh, scenario for one of the teams remaining. Not this nice. one. Damn it. I was hoping I'd pull it. <laughs> so the Bucks. Oh, uh, no. I, I, I literally <laughs> have shit. I mean, they can fuck off. I mean, I know because I'll Chris start Godwin. with Miss Godwin. I love you. Oh wait, is this you? Oh, yep, it is it... you. I had the Giants. I was about to go into my thing. It, you know what? It's fine because I didn't have shit for this team anyway. I, truth be told, I don't either because the number <laughs> one fact, and people listen to the podcast, people that follow the NFL, fantasy football, we know, we know the narrative. They brought back all twenty-two Super Bowl starters. Great. So what does that mean about the rookie draft? You're really just hoping that any of these rookies that you have fallen in love with don't land there. 
the opportunity isn't going to be there. But I do, I will say I've got some interesting stuff. Because okay. Because we all know running back, they're set. They brought back Fournette to go to pair up with Ronald Jones again. I don't believe they're going to target running back at all. They have no need to. They invested day two pick in Keyshawn Vaughn, and, and he's currently their third string running back. Wide receiver is a position they could go early. Uh, the, the reason for this is, for whatever reason, that they've been interested in bringing Antonio Brown. Apparently the money isn't right on that. But right. nobody else assigned Antonio Brown. And so it right. seems there isn't much leverage for Brown. But if they want to play it safe, I, I honestly believe if you look at the backup receivers behind Evans and Godwin, they'd be fine. Scott Miller's produced when he's gotten on the field. Tyler Johnson, when he got on the field, it, he would always make a spectacular catch. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin Watson, you know, well, <laughs> he he looks like a player that that would make an impact on a Super Bowl team, but uh, I, don't, I don't believe yeah, he will. But just hope but just the Scott Miller and Tyler Johnson, like they could even split the role of the number three receiver and be fine. But if they wanted to make sure to add that extra firepower to keep Brady happy, they could go receiver either in the first round or the second round. It, it's tough. Like they, they're the true wild card. They have very little needs to address because they brought all their starters back. Right. Now, the this, I'll go bold. I'll go bold here. We know that they have the last pick in the first round. If they don't trade that pick, because some team is going to want to trade up to get one of the last first round picks so you can draft a quarterback, so you can have that quarterback under right. contract for five years. What if the Buccaneers, though, keep that pick to draft a quarterback? It, I don't know where Brady stands on, like, the GM's going to want to, to make moves in order to prepare his team for the future. And it makes right. sense that with Brady, Brady's great. Brady's also up there in age. And, and Old as fuck. He's performing way beyond when he should. Right. And if, if the Buccaneers are looking at a post-Brady era, and who knows, if they're, more than likely they're not, but we're going to go bold on this one. They keep the pick. They draft a rookie quarterback to start developing. And the, the three guys that would be – Intriguing because clearly if they're picking quarterback pick 32, it's none of the top five quarterbacks. So who is right. that number six quarterback? It, at first it started out as Kyle Trask, and that may right. be the sixth quarterback there. But lately, the last couple of weeks, there's been another quarterback that's been shooting way, way up, like rookie mock drafts and, and things like that. And that's the Stanford quarterback, Davis Mills, which yeah. you bring up yeah. these profiles – and a lot of things that you really hear about this is he's got all the tools to be a quarterback, but like he based to summarize when they talk about his weaknesses, they're like, he just needs seasoning. Well, that would be like, if this guy has the tools to potentially be a starting quarterback in the NFL, that's, that's enough value to, to draft right. him in the first round. It's what do they do that? I, I would love to see this, but you know, are they going to run the risk of pissing off Brady because they didn't use their, their best draft asset to to help them out more. So the safe bet is they give Brady another weapon um, as a wide receiver, because we don't know with Antonio Brown, 
um, or they add to that ridiculous defense that killed Patrick Mahomes. But right. hey, the smart long-term play, one of these quarterbacks stands out to, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Draft him a pick 32. You got five-year control of that guy. You're going right. to get to coach him and, and let him watch the, the best NFL player ever for like at least two seasons. So Right. Agree. Agree. Fucking Tom Brady. He <laughs> is. The, and this. I'm going to re-enter Thanos into the equation because Tom Brady is essentially Thanos. He is like fucking inevitable. It is fucking crazy. And, and I'll get to more of that in a minute. But Tom, Tom Brady is my NFL Thanos. That's where I'm going. But all right. <laughs> we got two teams left. The Saints. Oh, is this for me? Yeah, this is yep. for me. Okay. So this is actually where I could see a trade happening as well. Interesting. Michael Thomas. We've heard about uh, some situations surrounding him and some other players on the Saints team and it just, you know, in general. What if they trade him to the Jacksonville Jaguars? Because then he could reunite with his college coach. And hey, they would have a bona fide number one. Well, some consider him. They'd have that number one guy. And I think, I mean, this is probably my fantasy brain thinking, but I'm like trade Michael Thomas for DJ Chark and picks. Because then you still got Chenault, who would still, in my opinion, eventually outproduce Michael Thomas in Jacksonville. But I think it's that would be a move I could maybe not even necessarily to Jacksonville, but I could see Michael Thomas getting traded. If he does. And even if he doesn't, is this a potential landing spot for Devonta Smith? Because I think it could be with Drew Brees. And you look at the quarterbacks there if you want to use some of Smith's speed, then but he does have speed, right? I'm not getting this confused with somebody else. The tough thing with Smith is he never tested. Oh, that's right. Well, yeah. based on what speed or the size, everything like that, we're assuming he's got pretty good speed. If they want to use that, right, that would be great considering they're quarterbacks because both Jameis and Taysom – can put the ball down the field, right? So, and and not just any of these receivers that can get down the field, these guys can get it to them, you know? And, which is another thing with Michael Thomas. It just, they, it, Michael Thomas fit well with Drew Brees. You know what I mean? How well is he going to fit with the Jameis Winston, you know, with a Taysom Hill? By the way, we're still looking at that 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 Jameis Winston Taysom Hill debate. We'll see who we'll see who wins. We'll see who wins. Come on, Jameis. Mainly because I I have him rostered in one league, and he is the only quarterback I have behind Patrick Mahomes. So I really need a backup. <laughs> so come on, Jameis. Anyway, 
but I think it'd be interesting uh, to see a Michael Thomas trade. And I do think it happens. And I think this is someone, uh, I mean, I love Traquan Smith. I love Marquez Callaway, but I do feel like this is a spot where they could bring someone else in and, you know, even if not in the first round later on in the draft, but I do, I, I do think like you got maybe Evan Ingram gets traded. I feel like there's a possibility with Michael Thomas. So I don't know if you have anything to add to the saints. Um, I forgot Devonte Smith didn't test. <laughs> okay. I think you're right with like receivers could be something they, they target because uh, the, the Saints, I know a lot of people go, they manipulated the salary gap. They still had to pay the price a little bit, and that came at the cost of losing Emmanuel Sanders and Jared Cook. Uh, and, and there wasn't really – they had, they didn't replace him at free agency. They did bring in Nick Vanette at tight ends. Uh, that guy's more of a blocker than, than he is a receiver. And they have two third-round picks in the NFL draft which when you were talking about receivers, I was like, yes, it's what I got in my notes, especially like that third round's a sweet spot because they do tend to have a type of receiver that they target. Uh, mm. You mentioned Marquez Callaway, 6'1", 205 pounds. Burst was one of his notable traits. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I just remember, remember the bar being very tall. Traquan Smith, way back in the day, uh, a younger Aaron right. That was I. I fell in love with the prospect of Traquan Smith. Six I like him a lot too, man. Yeah, I six two, two hundred ten pounds was fast. He, another guy with good burst. The the reason I I mentioned that they do tend to favor these taller receivers, and, and there were two receivers that I'm like, okay, these guys are going in the third round where the Saints. I was going to say because that doesn't bode well for some of the receivers in this class. Then. Right, right, and there's not a lot, but also like another thing too with like Marquez Callaway, who went to Tennessee, and Traquan Smith out University of Central Florida, is they do tend to like their receivers more recently. These, these bigger, uh, pretty athletic receivers are coming from the South, right? So mm -hmm. it's there, there were two receivers in the South that kind of fit the mold, at least. And it's not a perfect comparison. But the number one was Tamorian Terry. I hope I didn't butcher that name too bad, but from Florida State. Uh, <laughs> most notably when uh, Cam Akers, of course, who was a fantastic uh, rookie running back, during playoff time, at least, it, the Florida State offense was horrible, was horrendous, mm. a, a train wreck. But the two guys that carried that that offense in 2019 was Cam Akers and Tamari and Terry. Terry didn't test as well as we would have liked, but he still right. it was mainly he came in lighter. Um, he tried to be Devonte Smith and be about 10 pounds underweight for what he was listed at. But still 6'2, I want to say 208 pounds, which is right there with the Marcus Callaway, Traquan Smith uh, measurement there. The, the other mm -hmm. receiver is kind of a polarizing receiver. And the guy's name is Seth Williams out of Auburn. Uh, once again, a guy that's in the South, uh, that's, that's where they've been getting their receivers lately. Um, he fits that. He's 6'3. Like I can't remember his weight off the top of my head. I want to say he's 210, but he was 
he was right in that weight range too with Traquan Smith, Marquez Callaway, and, and Auburn's right there in Alabama. So two receivers that are projected to be in that third round, and that's what they do. They got Traquan Smith in the third round. Callaway was an, was somehow undrafted. an undrafted free agent. But yeah, that's, I didn't get that one. Yeah, they they have they have a hole to fill with Emmanuel Sanders and like these types of receivers. It, they profile if Michael Thomas is playing more in the slot and running his slants. That means you got to have someone out wide. So mm-hmm. those guys stand out. And then one other quick thing too is like they they may be looking ahead to the future, and it's going to be difficult to afford Latavius Murray as a backup running back that's also mm-hmm. now in his thirties. So this may be the draft that they draft a guy that fits that role. And Latavius Murray's role in this offense is he can catch passes out of the backfield, but he is built bigger um, than Kamara. He stands at 6'2", 228 pounds. They do tend to favor – the one trend I saw with running backs for the Saints is they like their running backs to at least be – okay in the receiving game usually their college target shares were at least 50 percent or more um Mm. a couple of guys that 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 intrigued me here one guy that i haven't even talked about chubba hubbard it it would be an interesting thunder and lightning with camara where camara would be a bit more of a thunder like hubbard is is a tad skinnier low low bmi didn't test well but you know you'd like to think that the the speed has got to be got to be better than what he tested i want to say he had a four five six 40 yard dash it was very disappointing for a sprinter um i know i've talked about kylan hill too i just the more i i look into this guy the more i like him and that mm. that that skill set of being able to do everything fits with Mira. but i i see this being the draft where the saints it's not that they're going to release latavius murray but they may draft a guy that is the third string this year as he kind of adjusts to the NFL. And then next off season, they cut Latavius Murray, save about $4 million on the cap. And it's like, ah, look, we've got a talented running back. We took late day two, early day three. Yeah. I don't disagree with the running back. I think the reason I didn't bring up tight end was for me, they got Troutman. I feel like he's going to get his opportunity. Um, or at least I would think so. I'm with you too. But I do like uh, the mention of a Kamari. It's just another one where, hey, running backs have been around for a few years. Mm-hmm. You got to start looking at possible replacements. You just got to because, I mean, y- y- you know, it's just it's so tough because there's some it's like they deserve to get it's my conundrum with the running backs because there's guys that do deserve to get paid and it's but at the same token, like you can't, you shouldn't, <laughs> you shouldn't pay him. It's smarter to just draft. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So close this out with the 49ers and then we're going to do a quick outro and we'll wrap this up. Cause it's been, I'm pretty sure this has been <laughs> fairly long pot. So gotcha. go ahead. I'll be what quick with the 49ers soon. Because okay. we'll just start with the obvious. We know they've got the third pick in the draft. They're going to go quarterback, probably Mac Jones. Nothing more. Needs I to be just want to say one thing oh. about that. Yeah. I think it's going to be Justin Fields. I think this Mac Jones shit is a smoke screen. I hope I think, so. I'm I with you. I want to take Justin Fields. If they don't, they're fucking stupid. 
<laughs> and I'm with you. It, it better be Justin so, Fields. I guess I've just kind of been at this point. I'm like, okay, I'll be back, Jones. But if it's Justin Fields, I'll be pleasantly surprised on, on that one. Um, little fun okay. tidbit real quick with the backfield. We were talking about zero RB. Well, it turns out that Mike Shanahan is, is or no, not Mike Shanahan. Wow, sorry, his son, Kyle, Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan. <laughs> That's his, all right, dude. I've, I've made a handful of mistakes today. I'm like, his, oh. Well, his son, Kyle Shanahan, he is the zero RB zealot. If you've looked in the backfield there, Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert, um, right. Jamichael Hasty. There's, was it, Austin Walter? That may be too deep for some, <laughs> That's a very deep running back name. Mm. The only guy in the backfield that actually has NFL draft capital is Kyle Juice. I think his nickname's Juice. I am not going to say his last name. I will butcher <laughs> the heck out of that. The, that's the only, the fullback is the only one that's actually got drafted in the NFL draft. All the running backs, right. undrafted free agents. Mm-hmm. I say that because in terms of fantasy receiver and tight end, not worried about Kittle, Ayuk, Debo. I don't want a guy with day one or day two draft capital going there. One player that does intrigue me is our companion over at player profiler. Cody Carpentier has been banging his fist on the table for this running back, Jamar Jefferson. Oh man. Oh yeah. Go to San oh, Francisco. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and Jefferson's, you pull up his ADP, go to Dynasty Deluxe on Player Profiler, and look at the, the rookie draft. Uh, what, what is it? The rookie draft ADP, uh, the, the, the mock draft board. And mm. Jamar Jefferson is going like day three. So, yes, the 49ers don't invest draft capital in the running back position. But if they are, you know, day three is, is not a big that's that's not a big investment. And I'm sitting right. there and I'm looking at the draft picks. They have three picks in round five, along with the sixth and the seventh rounder. So five of their eight picks. Just do it, Shanahan. Right. Five Just of their eight picks are day three anyways. So, you know, got some extra draft capital. Go ahead and take a guy. I, I wouldn't be shocked to see a running back go there, but probably day three. So 49ers, they are smart about that. So that is mm-hmm. really all I got. We know they're going quarterback. Uh, receiver tight end, they're good. Let's get right. a running back there because right now it's basically Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. That's all. 100% agree. 100% agree. All right. We did it. Teams in a hat from a hat. <laughs> Sorry, it's been a long, long no. week. We've had a long week, people. And I, I'll admit, there was a couple of things that I meant to make some extra notes on. And hey, you know what? It doesn't matter. We got through good stuff. Aaron, you were great as always. Loved it, loved it, loved it. And I do, I do, before we go, a couple of things. I have some thoughts on trades that I have have to get, uh, see what you think on. And that's, so Dalvin Cook, we've talked about him a lot. And I talked about, I'd rather be a year early than a year late on getting rid of these running backs. So I have Dalvin Cook rostered in two dynasty leagues. I was able to trade one over the weekend. I traded Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison for DJ Moore, the 301, and a 22 second. What say you on that one? 
Yes. Uh, to start off with that, I, I have the same mindset as you. I'd rather be a year early on trading a player than a year late. Mm-hmm. These running backs, we've seen it historically. Todd Gurley, I have Le'Veon Bell in the league. What the hell do I do with Le'Veon Bell? You can't do anything with Le'Veon Bell. Just holds up right. a roster spot. And it's difficult to trade to trade away a running back that's been as productive as Dalvin Cook. And I believe we mm. talked uh, off camera about you find these running backs that have back-to-back seasons as top five running backs. And, and I'm talking about Le'Veon Bell did it. David Johnson did it. Todd Gurley did it. And you look at what they did the season after, right. and, and it was bad. It was a massive drop-off. Uh, uh, drop it was – they went from being top five of their position – I want to say David Johnson had no Todd Gurley had a much easier, like a, a fall from grace. It wasn't quite as a steep. He w- he finished like RB like 20 ish and mm. then fell off this past season. But it's, if you wait at all on running backs, they're value craters and DJ Moore is He's fantastic. Like you've got, hey, he's a young receiver. That receivers yeah. just naturally they last a lot longer. Their value in in dynasty leagues lasts a lot longer. So especially yeah. too, like depending on where your team is, like if you weren't if if you weren't a contender, uh, that's where I go. Heck yeah, on that one because Madison is just a handcuff too. It's like we we don't know like if Cook falls off, like what what that's going to do with Madison. Uh, we really don't. He's flashed a little, but and that it's it's projecting way too far out on, on that one. And it's going, yeah, for him to be fantasy relevant, Cook's got to get hurt, and we have right. to assume that the Vikings don't draft another guy. So yeah, absolutely. Right. And then getting getting some draft capital that people don't realize is that they they go, oh, it's this player. They'll go to their rankings, and it's like, oh, the three hundred one. That's the twenty fifth best player best rookie and it's like no then you may use that draft capital to to either move up to get a guy in, in rookie drafts or you may be like you know what i'm gonna trade this for future picks and just keep right. on like draft assets so i love getting draft picks because it allows flexibility with with exactly. the rookie drafts on getting your guys so yeah absolutely right yeah i was pretty happy with it and that actually is a contending team but the reason i was able to do it is because i have multiple other running backs i have jonathan taylor cam Akers, james robinson to begin so that's the reason i thought it was the perfect time to sell dalvin because even though i'm still in contention mode i have all these other running backs and the reason that happened is because i had a in this particular league, it's my only league that does this. But the winner of the toilet bowl, the non-playoff teams, gets the first pick of the draft. Well, a couple of years ago, I had a pretty good team that was just really banged up to start and then made a charge towards the end, obviously, but I missed out on the playoffs just barely. And then, of course, I rolled through everyone in the fucking toilet bowl and not to mention, but I had made a trade with a guy and he and I got his first round pick. It just so happened to be the guy I was playing in the toilet bowl championship. So I ended up with the top two picks. And so I drafted Jonathan Taylor with the first pick. I traded the second pick 
to somebody else who then drafted Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I got, I can't remember for him, a receiver. And then we flopped picks and I got his two six and that's where I got Cam Akers. <clears throat> so I'm like loaded at running back. My team's loaded. Give me DJ Moore, take Dalvin Cook. Perfect. Absolutely. And so worked out great. And then another, uh, blah, 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 blah. See, starting to get tired <laughs> in another league. It's this one. I am doing a little bit more of rebuilding. I could possibly pretend, uh, contend, contend. See, I'm falling apart here. <laughs> but I traded away in a super flex league Julio Jones and Ezekiel Elliott for Baker Mayfield and the 2 2. And some, I talked to my brother and he was like, I feel like you could have got a little more, maybe. But the, you know, dynasty trade calculator didn't, didn't hate it actually put me in favor of the trade. And the way I looked at it was I gave Julio for the two, two, cause he actually sent me that offer and Baker for Zeke. And I'm sure Zeke's going to have a good year, but again, rather a year early than a year late. And I really dig Baker. And I needed a fucking quarterback because I have Lamar Jackson. But after that, Jimmy Garoppolo, who's about to lose his fucking job, and Gardner Minju, who's about to lose his fucking job. And so I was really in trouble. And I don't have a first-round pick. And you know, in a super flex league, those rookie QBs are going pow, 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 pow. So I had no other way to get a quarterback. So I'm like, I want to get rid of Julio and Zeke anyway. This is perfect. The original offer he sent me was like, I don't even remember. It was not very good. <laughs> so I countered him with this and he accepted. And I was like, cool. So now I have Lamar. I have Baker. Hopefully I can count on those dudes for years to come. If anything, I got two solid guys I know I can count on for now. And I don't have to worry about quarterback because I'm not someone, I don't need four or five quarterbacks. I just want to make sure I have two. I just want to make sure I have two. And so I got two now, so I feel good. And now I've got two second round picks, the two, two, and the two, four. So I feel pretty good about moves I can make there. So all around, I feel like I want that one too. I mean, yeah. for my team. Absolutely. For him, it, it just helped load his team, which is fine, whatever. <laughs> well, and if Zeke falls off, and and I know a lot of people go, he was really good with with Dak, and Dak is back, and still running right. backs, they have the they they have a certain age they hit, and most running backs when when they get past that age aren't going to be nearly as productive. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, it's not like he's in his thirties, and 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 he had to settle for being a backup, right? And with mm -hmm. Zeke, there is some there is some concern because when there's Tony Pollard there, and, and sometimes I, I'm watching Cowboys games and I'm like, Pollard looks better than, than Zeke. Not all the time, but like it's that is kind of a concerning uh concerning trait. And you know, at least with Baker Mayfield too. Like I, I like how you broke down that trait, like basically the 202 for Julio, and it's like, yeah, that's, that's probably right. Like Julio is is a if you could get a first round pick awesome but most most people and i know i've done some some um asking around right i've got julio jones and, and really mm -hmm. with all players i'm i'm at least like inquiring to see what i can get but there's some guys that like 
you want to get a first round pick, but nobody's paying the first round pick. And well, if no one's paying right. paying a price, then you can't do that trade. So right. to get a 202, which is it's a pseudo first round pick. It's not actually a first round pick, but there's a good chance with your rankings that one of the guys that you have like in the first round with your rankings falls. Like it's because oh for sure people fall all the quarterbacks will go yeah and then Devontae yeah. Smith's gonna go <laughs> right right <laughs> so, right so you know the two and Kyle Pitts Kyle yeah. Pitts will go and right. so, so like right there that's seven picks <laughs> and, and so. at 202 you're sitting there and you're like okay that, that's awesome and, and that's how like especially when I'm acquiring draft picks I'm in my mind thinking about okay who would be there and that helps right. me with uh, with doing that trade but like, yeah there's a really good chance that at 202 you're basically getting a guy that you had in the first round and which crossing right. your fingers is you open like you know, it's more like the eighth or ninth guy uh, in your rankings here falls. Right. You know, the quarterbacks, it's tricky. Are all five of those guys going to be great? No. Or for the rookie quarterbacks, no. Um, right. It takes me back to we've talked plenty about Sam Darnold. It's like, obviously, he is trending towards being a bust. Josh Rosen busted. It's, and we thought those were surefire like hits in Dynasty rookie traps. So, Mm. A to get Baker Mayfield, like Mayfield has shown that he he can ball. He absolutely can. Um right. and you know, quarterbacks they play so much longer. Like with Ezekiel Elliott, like Elliott, that guy may get like a couple more seasons out of him, and then he's gonna be uh like Lev Bell, Todd Curley, but just right. not as effective, the just the wear and tear. Whereas right. with Baker Mayfield, it's like golly, you've got a quarterback that can he could throw that ball and doing, doing pretty good and mm. is just going to be an instant start for you. And, and it happens to be a trade where A, you got good value, but B, it also fit a need. That's rare right. to, to get both in the same trade. Yes. Yes. And I feel like, especially with the receivers I had on the uh, on the team from the Dalvin Cook trade, I was like, I feel like I'm pretty set up with all these young running backs. And I had some more guys on my bench, but I'm like, you know, I could use some help at receiver. Mm -hmm. And so you bring in DJ Moore and the draft picks. Perfect. Same situation with this. What's my biggest need? I need quarterback, bring in Baker and the 202. Perfect. And, and even in that one, I, it hurt me a little bit because those were probably technically my best player, best players at those positions. Um, But I've still got talent in both positions. And now I've got two high seconds to work with. So yeah, I'm, I'm digging it. I am digging it. <clears throat> okay. We're going to wrap this tea party up. Great, great pod. We got the teams from a hat wrapped up. That's good stuff to go. I have an idea for a game potentially next week. You'll have to let me know your thoughts off camera, but it's, 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 it's centered around what I brought up earlier. Tom Brady as Thanos talking about, just for a segment, a game, NFL players as comic book characters. Rather, the comic book characters, who would you, what NFL player would you put as them? Just like Tom Brady as Thanos. I'd do a little game like that next week. Might be kind of fun. And I got all this in my head because we, we were watching the Avengers this weekend with the kids. And I, I do love me some, some Infinity War. I do, see, I watched Infinity War. I was like, man, 
fucking love this movie. And then I watched Endgame and I was like, man, I fucking love that one too. Because I'm a big Doctor Strange fan. So I love Infinity War, seeing all the Doctor Strange. But then how can you not like Smart Hulk and Fat Thor in Endgame? It's just great. It's just great. I hope I didn't spoil anything for you. Oh no, no, I'm <laughs> caught up on it. So. <laughs> well, we'll have to we'll have to talk about that off camera. But I think that could be a fun little segment: uh, NFL players as as superheroes. But we're gonna go ahead and get out of here. Super late. Thank you, as always, Aaron, for joining me for being by this my side at this mad tea party, and. Yes. Do you have any final words, my friend, before we get the hell out of here? Thank you for inviting me. It's always a blast. Always. Always have fun. And people listening, hope you learned something. Yes. And enjoyed our crazy Teams from a Hat game, which was probably also fun and informative. Yeah, you're right. They probably had to have learned at least a little something. I know I did. I know I did. I learned that Dan Arnold is not on the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> all right. All right, everybody. We're getting the hell out of here. Thank you for joining once again. Check out our social media on the Twitter at RMK Madness Me at AARonStu09 for Mr. March Heron. As always, much love. Stay safe. Stay vigilant. Stay mad. Until next time. Ta-ta for now. Laters.